What's up? I'm Joey, and this is the Owning It Podcast. After years of wearing a suit and tie, Joey C, Joey C, he said I've had enough of the litigating lie. Joey C, Joey C, and so he struck out on his own. He's a lawyer and a speaker and a business coach. This is Owning It with Joey C, trademarks, copyrights. Hey everybody, what is going on? I am here today with one of my, I'll just say it, best friends in the online <laughs> business space, Elizabeth Henson. Elizabeth is so many things and we've been trained as coaches together. So I know all of the different ways that Elizabeth can help business owners, but I love that Elizabeth has this focus on community growth strategy because Elizabeth, you and I know that a lot of people talk about marketing. A lot mm-hmm. of people talk about, you know, being there for your community and your group or your program, but not a lot of people I don't think are talking about how can you be dedicated to your community in a way that has a measurable ROI for the business. Yes. And this is something I've really been researching a lot in the past year. Some of it with your help is how do you measure the happiness of your community. Because we've even talked about engagement doesn't always mean happy or lack of engagement doesn't always mean unhappy. You know, so how do we get really clear and know when our customers, clients, students, community members are happy or engaged or getting what they need? Yeah. And I'm so glad to be here. We are best friends. Like let's do karate in the garage for real. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so let's talk about like your background in this, because I know that you've gone on this pretty incredible journey as an entrepreneur and you've got your background in photography. Was that your first leap into entrepreneurship? Yes. So I was a high school art teacher and field hockey coach. And right after I got married, I picked up my camera, which was like super mm-hmm. emotional. The story behind that it's on my podcast. Mm-hmm. I won't, I won't dive into all that. But being a photographer was really like a stepping stone for me into being my own boss, which even as a kid, I knew that's where I was going to end up, but I just didn't know how to get there. So Mm. kind of a career hopper until I got there. But what I realized with my photography business, like if you put me side by side with all the other successful photographers in Hampton Roads, like my business was all word of mouth. It was all Mm. word of mouth referrals. I didn't pay for ads on Facebook, the not wedding wire. And I was booked out and I even had a team at one point. And I kind of realized like, I have this superpower of Mm. my clients give me more clients and more clients and more clients. And I started thinking about how can I help other businesses do this, get more word of mouth referrals, be a better leader, have more impact in the community and be able to attract really powerful communities around their brand as well. Yeah. And you were we were talking about this before we went live here. You were so good at this word of mouth community strategy that it allowed you to be super generous in terms of referring work to other photographers. I mean, that's a huge milestone to get to. Yeah. And so many people, you know, have fear around that and, you know, we're human. So of course these things crossed my mind, but I'll never forget when I had a bride 
inquire and she said, I absolutely love what you do for the community and how you mm -hmm. shine the light on other photographers. And I want you to be my photographer because of that, you know? And I was like, what are we afraid of? Like that builds us up as an authority when we can shine the light on other business owners, even if they're in the same, you know, industry, yeah. because that just like amplifies our self-confidence, right? Or the right. way that we view our success and that that want, that desire for everyone else to be successful too. So good. And then you you pivoted again eventually from photography, right? Yeah. And I'm still actually doing a little bit of photography. I had my first 2021 wedding last Saturday, but this is really exciting and I, I'm kind of semi-announcing it this week, but I asked myself better questions and you know how important that is because yeah. I had a bride contact me. This is all kind of like relating to the word of mouth and I turned her away and I said, you know, I really don't think I'm taking any 2022 weddings. You know, here's who I recommend and I'm just not ready to commit yet. And she said, I will change my date. Like I've wanted you for years. What can I do? Oh my gosh. <laughs> So I kind of like sat and I was like, okay, is this the people pleaser in me that wants to say yes? Or can I just sit here for a second and ask myself some better questions? So I said, how can I take the stress off of me so that shooting weddings feels light and easy, but also give these clients an even better experience than they're already having? Yeah. Right. Cause it's a lot. And, you know, I know I'll never shoot a ton, like five max, just because I do have three kids that are going to have field hockey games on the weekends and all the things, but I just started asking myself these better questions. So, um, I'm going to be building out a team to create an experience that no one else in my area is doing. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. But yeah, that's just like one little pillar. You know, I have like multiple passions, multiple revenue streams, but it is really exciting. It feels good. It's going to like give me a little more longevity in that that industry. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. That's so cool. And I know like it's that's really a great example of, like you said, going back and asking the right question or asking better questions around that, because I know how much you love the passion of, of photography and helping people in that way. And I can relate to, I found a, a videographer here in Chicago. And after seeing what they did, my wife and I started to envision what it would look like if they did ours. And once you start to build that visual, there's kind of no other options. <laughs> yeah, you really, oh. you really don't. And I just love customer service. And I'm like, yeah. If I really, truly love customer service and making people happy, I mean, the photography at this point is like secondary for me. I mean, mm. it's important, but like anybody can do it. There's a million great photographers here in Hampton Roads. Like these people that are still contacting me after I'm not even really showing up for that part of my business, it's because they want me, you know, for the brand, for my personal you know, experience, like, yeah, the photographs are good, sure, but anybody can do that part. <laughs> so do you think that, you know, some people will say, really give an amazing customer experience, and the word of mouth and referrals will just come pouring in without you having to work on it. Would, would you say that that's true, or that you found that there's still helpful strategy you can use to leverage growth after you've got a really good fulfillment system in place? Yeah, I love this question because I have to be honest and say with my photography business, it was effortless and easy. And that's just because I was using all these things that were intuitive for me that I didn't really know were a system. And then yeah. when I pivoted to online, it was not as easy for me. So I had to constantly ask myself, what was working over here that I can systematize and put in place 
in mm. my online business and coaching, even teaching other photographers didn't come as easily as booking out, you know, clients. So I did have to constantly kind of do an audit or revisit what exactly was I doing over here mm. that got all those word of mouth referrals and how can I bring that into this space as a digital CEO. So mm. it can be systematized and it's not always going to be easy. But I think we find so many of our answers in the pieces of our business that are easy. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> we find so many of our answers in the pieces of our business that are easy. So that that maybe transitions to one thing that I know you and I both wanted to touch on today, which was these these three things or these three parts to the strategy that you have around community growth. Yeah. So tell us more about that. Absolutely. So, you know, as business owners, we're constantly asked, like, what makes you different, right? Mm -hmm. So what makes Elizabeth Henson than, than everybody else? And I was like, well, I have these three methods that involve like really unique leadership skills, not like you read in the books, um, <laughs> building these social ecosystems that we've talked about, and then really using boundaries to leverage that authority. And those three things kind of create what I like to call it funny way, like my anti-strategy, right? Mm. Like, of course, it's a system and these three pillars are super important, but it's not about the perfect Instagram post. It's not about the perfect social media strategy. It's how can we bring these one-to-one -one relationships, these life skills into our social media, into our communities. So it feels the same for the people as it would if we walked into a room, mm. right? We can touch people's lives by walking into a room and meeting them. And so many people don't carry those people skills onto yeah. their social media because they're so concerned about numbers and metrics and marketing. Yeah. And, and that's, oh, I'm so glad we're talking about this because that's all like well and good. Right. And like you and I both know how important systems and processes are to a business, but the, the best marketing experts that I talk to say that, you know, once you've got funnels in place and you've got your overall strategy, there's, it's really much more of an art than a science when it comes to, to marketing. So I love the anti-strategy approach. And let's go, what was the first part of that again? Unique leadership skills. Okay. So really focusing on, you know, what our individual superpowers are, mm. you know, building out those elevator pitches or rock star statements, the things that make us different than everyone else, but also just remembering that like people are humans. How do we want them to feel? And yeah. Nobody's going to wake up in the morning and say, I want to be part of somebody's marketing strategy. or I want to be curated on social media. Everyone wants to feel seen and heard. So the first thing we focus on is leaderships that create spaces where people feel seen and heard because they're going to gravitate to you nonstop if they get to talk mm. about them. <laughs> okay. I love this because when you say creating spaces, I think th there might be some people watching or listening who have online courses or memberships where there are those paid carved out spaces like that. But for other kinds of business owners or, or business owners that, you know, are trying to think beyond those types of programs, can your Instagram presence be a space like that? 100%. Your okay. Instagram, your website, a blog, mm. Facebook. I truly like to believe that we could grow our businesses without social media at all. So it might be going back to in-person events. I mean, my yeah. first membership was an in-person membership. It had nothing to do with social media, you know? So just thinking about where do you see success in relationships in your life 
And why are those people coming back to you and using those superpowers and then just building off of that? Mm, okay. So, so really being a strong leader in those spaces, whatever that means for your business. And then yeah. was the second one barriers? The second one is social ecosystems, which social I love ecosystems. because you and I are such a good example of that. And that is the concept of like, if I jump on a Zoom call with a business buddy or someone I've never even met, yeah. you know, kind of how you and I got started networking, that is going to pay so much more dividends and ROI than this perfect social media post. And this really came about for me one night when I was laying in my bed, my kids were next to me and I spent 45 minutes, Joey, trying to type out this perfect Instagram caption. Now this was before mm -hmm. reels and stories, like this was it, right? Your Instagram picture and your captions. And I was so committed to that daggone Instagram strategy that I lost 45 minutes sitting next to my kids, writing out this post and it mm -hmm. ended up like tanking, like two likes, Nobody cared. And that was when I was like, enough is enough. This isn't what's going to connect me to people in the same way mm. as a Zoom call, as an in-person networking event. Like I am an extrovert. I love people. I'm not a great writer. Why am I going to sit here and continue to try to write something at nine o'clock at night just to say I showed up? And that was when I really committed to doing things differently. And I saw a really great presentation about marketing for your personality type. And of course I tested like sell from stage, sell in person. So I stopped trying to like fit myself into a box that wasn't for me. Mm. And then I realized that these relationships give me access to social ecosystems which is just way more powerful than just showing up and talking about myself. Okay. <laughs> and what do we mean by an ecosystem? So like what we're doing right now. So me having this opportunity to share with you on your page, I'm now exposed to your audience. Mm. And it doesn't matter how big or how small, but the connections that I've made just through being connected to you, our social ecosystems are overlapping. Kind of how I connected with you with Tiffany for Power Brand. That is like so powerful. Like you can put an ROI on that. You can put a number on that relationship, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's really like looking at the humans behind the numbers of, you know, who's watching and who's liking and, and all of that. And, you know, one thing that I that I found to be really helpful about your approach in general is that it allows us to see, okay, how are we going to find strong lead? Like to me, there's this question in, in when it comes to sales and growing your business, there's always this question of where are the sales coming in? Who are our warm leads this week or this month or whatever? And where can we find them? Mm -hmm. And I was talking this to, to two different people over the past week who had slightly different, but it sounded very, very different ideas of marketing. One of them said, you know, social media is not really marketing because if you really want to be good at social media, you can't really think about closing every sale that you're on like, when you're posting and all of this stuff. I was yep. like, well, that's an interesting point. They were like, you should, like, I mean, have the funnels, do whatever. But if you want to be a social, if you want to really lean into being a social media pro, it's it's just about connecting with people and that stuff comes. Mm -hmm. And and then I talked to somebody else who was like, you know, I agree, but I would also say something totally different, which is that it's not that social media isn't marketing. It's that everything is marketing. And you know, both arrive at that same conclusion of it's not just about filling up your lead funnel with 
with leads. Now that is something that you have to do. But one thing that I found is that when, when we really look back at the end of the month or the, the beginning of a new month and where did new clients and customers come from, most of the time, it's not because some person randomly just saw something from me for the first time, hopped over to my website and bought something. Usually there was a relationship that was cultivated there. And usually there was some other person who was vouching for me or connecting me to them or something. And so I found that, and, and I like the, the ecosystem strategy, because when you look at the people who are in charge of these overlapping ecosystems, it really is a, a, a messy kind of referral mm-hmm. being going, that's going on. And in, in that kind of more general way, we, we realize that, you know, whether they're coming in directly from referrals or not, most of our business is through referrals. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're doing your business well, yes. Like I will never forget when I saw someone post, like, I'm just not getting word of mouth referrals. That's not where I get my business. And I was like, that is the biggest red flag you could possibly see, Mm. right? Is if you're not getting word of mouth referrals. Now you could be doing things right. And you're just not setting people up for success to refer you. But at the end of the day, if you're not getting word of mouth stuff, then that's usually a red flag that there's a missing piece in your customer experience. Yes. Yeah. Good point. Like for all of this to work, you first have to have a really good customer experience. And again, I, I love the, I love the ecosystem because it's almost like you're, you're creating visibility so that the referrals can happen more easily. Yeah. So We're going to mirror back what we do. Yeah. So the more we refer other people and the more that we tag other people in opportunities, the more that's going to be mirrored back to us because they're going to yeah. understand that like, that's how we work as a human being. Yeah. Love yeah. that. Okay. And there's one more part to this, right? Yeah. The setting boundaries that leverage authority. So okay. everyone talks about boundaries in the form of like self-care. And of course that's important, but it's actually a lot of what we think in our business, right? We need to always be available. We need to be working around the clock. Mm. Our prices need to be set at what our customers will pay. Those are all like a lack of a boundary, setting a price at what you want, what you need mm. to as a boundary, working less is a boundary and the opposite effect happens where we actually become more desirable and more of an authority when we stand firm in those boundaries versus when we're available mm-hmm. 24/7. Like think about a time where you had impeccable customer service but didn't even have access to that CEO or whoever it might be. Yeah. It happens all the time. Okay, this is a juicy one because for me it it sometimes often feels like when I'm at my best in terms of a community leader and, and being a giver and hanging out in Facebook groups and tagging people, I'm also not having a lot of boundaries for myself. And I like that you're, you, you're rounding it out there because you can easily lose a sense of boundaries in terms of your time, in terms of your pricing, when you put being a giver on such a high pedestal. Right. And we can be givers and do all of those things. And pricing is one of my favorite pieces to talk about here with my students, because it is a gift to accept money from somebody because that means that they're committed and that they're showing up. Right. Like, yeah, about all the times you've invested a large amount of money, like that's actually a gift to yourself because you're investing in the change, in the vision, whatever that might be. And people are going to say yes or no, whether our thing is $15 or 1500 
there's always going to be a yes or a no. We don't want to make assumptions, but you know, people are going to respect you as the visionary, the CEO, the business when your price is what it is, Yeah. you know, versus like the, oh, well, you know, I really want to work with you. I really want to serve you. And I have a, a great story around this in my photography business, which I always kind of bring into my online business. But I had a bride who was like, my budget's $800. You know, mm. she just inquired, this is my budget. And most photographers would say, I'm sorry, I can't do it. Right. Yeah. Or I said, okay, I actually can come out and shoot about two hours of your wedding for that price. But mm. I'd really, really like for you to look over my pricing guide because nothing would bless me more than to give you the full experience. Mm. to spoil you on your entire wedding day and that was it like no pressure but just like hey look this over and she came back and booked my highest package because sometimes people just don't know and they're just throwing stuff out there yeah really good point yeah but that allowed me to be an authority and to say i can do this but this would actually be the better choice to serve you and i'm the expert in knowing what the best way to serve you is Uh, oh that's really really well said i love (laughs) that speaking of working with you yeah. Let's, because I know that you are now taking on more one to one clients who want help with community growth strategy. Can mm-hmm. you tell us more about what that looks like when people work with you one to one in that capacity? I know. I love it. And I'm always joking in our group because when people say, Liz, like, what do you do? I'm, I sell Zoom space. <laughs> we hang out on Zoom. It's what I do. I'm the anti-strategy. I'm not going to give you a course. I'm not going to give you, you know, fancy, um, you know, we're going to do processes and steps, but I really believe in like doing it together. So yeah, I really work with my one-on-one clients in meeting either bi-weekly or weekly, and then getting really specific on what their business needs and their visions. And one of my favorite like success stories of a student that I've been working with for about six months now. And she, her biggest thing was like, she wanted a brand booster. Like, how can I be different than every other person in my area? I kind of feel like I'm the same, like I'm blending in and it took a while to get this out of her, you know, because a lot of times we can't really see yet, but turns out that she's extremely passionate about like nonprofits. Mm. Um, And that's all we needed to do is to get her business in a couple of other social ecosystems. So not only is she now like working with nonprofits, but she's created a group in her area to be the dot connector to get nonprofits access to vendors mm. who serve nonprofits. So that was like a whole niche change. Yeah. Or like an amplification of like, mm. this is how you become a leader by doing something in your community that nobody does and connecting other people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we took everything she was already doing, but now she gets to be known for something. Yeah. She gets to be known as the person who helps nonprofits find the vendors they need. So powerful. And that's what leaders do, right? Like leaders don't sit back and look like everyone else. Leaders yeah. like step out and do something different. And, and speaking of leadership as an online business owner, you know, going back to what I said earlier, where a lot of people who are watching or listening probably have a course or a program or something where there's like a paid community that mm-hmm. you need to manage. I see people asking in Facebook groups all the time. Like I'm at a point now where I need a community manager and I love that you're also building out these ways for you to help people because that is, that is such a, a big pain point for growing online entrepreneurs right now. And again, you're helping people do it in a way where it's not just helping them with fulfillment. It's also helping them grow the business. 
Yes. And gosh, you helped me so much like flesh this out. I have like two pages of like notes of brainstorming with Joey. But yes, absolutely. Like when people are ready for a community manager, they think that they're just ready to hand it off and like not really be part of it. Mm -hmm. But there's such an important piece of systematizing the customer service presence, right? Like if someone yeah. walks in your business and what are they going to feel, right? Like, have you ever walked in? I think about BBD live, you walk into a room and you can feel the vision, the purpose, and it's bigger than you. Yeah. So we have to be able to define that. We have to be able to define it, write it, put it in a jar so that that community manager knows who they need to become, you know, to serve this community in the best way possible. And I think the biggest mistake people make is that they jump right into hiring a community manager and that community manager doesn't know what persona to be, what to take on mm. to represent the business in the best way possible. And I have a ton of uh, you know opinions on what makes a community manager more successful. Um, but a lot of that really depends on each individual business. But I love helping people set up accountability groups, masterminds within their community, mm. group programs like a lot of times students are asking I saw this the other day where they're like my students want accountability groups I have no idea how to set that up and I'm like that's really easy for me so uh -huh. I can definitely help these big businesses you know give their students an even better experience by allowing them to like support each other yeah. so that's how you know a really great community because the students the student to student interaction is really high who cares if like they're interacting with you or your posts, but if they're interacting with each other, then they're gonna continue to come back. I love this. And I wanna just say business owner to business owner, and I'm speaking to y'all who are watching this live or on the replay or tuning into the podcast. Elizabeth and I both come from a, a school of thought in the business world where it's like when you're building your team, it's great wherever you can to find ways to hire people who aren't necessarily skilled at what you want them to do. And then you in-house have a system of processes and systems that can help them learn on the job and then execute really well. Yeah. And one of the difficult things about community managers is that they can be expensive to find. If something happens and you have to get a new one, you're kind of starting from scratch again. And all of those systems and processes that were in the head of that skilled person that you hired goes away if something bad happens. Mm -hmm. And I love that Elizabeth is creating this amazing opportunity for entrepreneurs where honestly, you're probably paying less to have Elizabeth come in at a high level, help you create this stuff. And then you can bring in an army, one or two different teammates that you're not having to pay as much because they're learning on the job. Yeah. And it's, it's such an effective way of building this out for the business. Yeah. I mean, I'm not doing anybody any good if I'm not saving them money. If I'm not saving yeah. them money or helping them make money. So it might cost more to have, you know, a high level strategist or advisor on the front end. But like my ultimate goal is to get people bringing in community managers that they can afford, like whether yes. it's $5 an hour, right? Most community managers, I've done a ton of research around this, are on salary for 50 to 80K a year. Which right? is 
very fair for right. the work that they do. Yes. Very fair. But that's for someone who's trained, which again, I research these job descriptions all the time. People want someone who's already trained, which is great. But what about all the businesses that are really just starting to scratch that six figure mark, right? Or they're yeah. just getting to like $200,000 a year. They can't afford to pay half of their salary right. for an experienced community manager. So they need to be able to train someone from the ground up. And they can spend a little bit on the front end getting set up with a high level strategist. And then they can train that person at such a like lower price point. And, you know, what a gift, right? What a gift every time we get to hire someone mm -hmm. and support like a mom who works from home. I mean, those are like ultimate goals, right? Like save money in your business, but provide an income for somebody else. Ah. I absolutely, absolutely love that. And for everybody who's interested, because we talked about this before, so I'm not putting you on the spot, but if anybody wants to talk to you about if you'd be a good fit to help them, is there a, a good next step they can take to contact you? Yes, absolutely. So on my Instagram, I'm Elizabeth.Henson, but my LinkedIn profile has a link for free coffee chats. So I actually mm. offer, I practice what I preach, these one-to-one -one relationships and anybody can book a free coffee chat with me. And there's a whole page that kind of explains like why I do these coffee chats, if it's a good fit for you. Um, and Amazing. it's totally free. It's 25 minutes and we'll be able to see how I can help. I love that so much. We'll put a link for, for the coffee chat around this video in the show notes of the podcast. And, you know, I, I just want to end this too by saying that this this show in this episode is is brought to you by the legal launchpad, which is a, a legal resource I created for course creators and coaches. And Elizabeth is in that program. I was like, you better give me a chance to talk because I'm a founding member and an affiliate for legal launchpad. And I just can't say enough good things about it. I think my only gripe is like how hard I have to work to get people to know that they need legal <laughs> advice, right? I Why know. Are so Elizabeth's helping me spread the word that this stuff is unsexy, but important. It uh, is unsexy, but it is, you make it sexy and important. <laughs> But I can, I mean, I'm always taking to heart everything Elizabeth says in terms of things that I can be doing inside the group to make it more engaging. And, and she's such a great member. So a pro tip, again, if you've got an online course or a program, one way to get on Elizabeth's good side is to get her to buy your program. And then you can see how good she is inside of it and just kind of see what she's doing and trying to emulate it yourself. That's another strategy that I picked up. Oh my gosh, I love it. But I'm seriously so, I'm so grateful to be in there and just to feel like I have, you know, that support when I need it. And my favorite part about what you do for us inside the Legal Launchpad is like, you ask us better questions. Like instead of the fear mentality or having us be afraid to take a risk without a perfect thing. It's like, okay, let's get like eyes on what's really important in your mm. business and where you need support there. And let's focus on that. Or Ooh. like, have you actually lost any money because of this thing that you're complaining about? Right? Like these questions always have me like, yes, why would I complain about that? I haven't actually lost any money. Let's move on. I love that you say that because there's this really ties back to what we're talking about where I think if if I didn't learn these lessons for, from you and other coaches when I hear customer support and because like in managing a community it it seems like you're answering questions that people have for you and you're trying to do what you can to give people tips and advice and make them happy and one of the things that I love about your approach to community management is it's not just about making people 
happy and like feeling like they're 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 satisfied and got the answer that they wanted because it's it's our job as educators as the the leaders in communities to ask follow-up questions and if we're really caring about helping these people then we're doing them maybe an injustice by just answering the surface level question that they're asking in these communities. 100%. And I, I know you and I are cut from a different cloth there, but that's one of the biggest mistakes I see is that people just want a community manager that I hate to say, well, silence, but like they want to just give the quick answer so that they can say they gave the answer and they move on to the next one. Yeah. Right. Like a support but, rep. Right. Right. And that's great. People want answers, but we, if we really want to be the best leader, coach, administrator, facilitator that we can be, we're going to advocate for their best self, right? The mm -hmm. best version of who they can become. And like, I don't know why I was born with that gift, but I just always see what people are capable of. Like yeah. I can just look at someone and see their strengths and their good and what they're capable of. And we want them to be able to see that and giving them a quick answer isn't, isn't doing that. No. So good. Elizabeth, thank you as always for your time. And again, yes. you guys grab coffee chats with Elizabeth. So generous yes. of her to do. ElizabethHenson.co. I forgot to mention the website, but just ElizabethHenson.co.com. But it's all on my Instagram as well. I like to make real friends on Instagram. So introduce yourself and we'll mm -hmm. we'll talk on Instagram. And my seven-year-old is <laughs> that's a that's a good signal to end this thing. <laughs> all right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks so much, Elizabeth. I'll talk thank to everybody you. next week. All right, has this episode motivated you to take some action on the legal side? Well, good, here's a great next step for you. I've put together a free legal training that people have legit been raving about. I just got a DM telling me that this was the best legal presentation they've ever seen. Yes, you heard that right. Best legal presentation ever. Okay, maybe that's a pretty low bar, but hey, I'll take it. And another person told me that they've never really had a lawyer who they trusted to recommend to their business friends. But after watching this training, now they know that I'm their go-to guy. So if you're ready to stop being overwhelmed by all the legal stuff, you are going to freaking love this training. Check it out at joeycvitali.com slash trademark, or just click on the link in the show notes. This is owning it. Thanks for listening to Owning It with me, Joey C. Vitale. If you like the show and want to know more, check out joeycvitale.com. And I'm all about spreading those golden legal nuggets. So leave a review and let me know which golden nuggets you picked up from this episode. All right, see you next time. If you want